my brother. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Yes, yes. This is DJ Ski, and this is the Sports Card Strategy Show. You already know there is no off season. I'm Jeff Wilson, and I'm loving the content here on the Sports Card Strategy Show. There is no off season. Doing really well. Thanks for doing this. Happy to do it. All right. You ready to rock? Ready to go. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Yes, yes. Welcome to the NOOFFSEASON.com family and the Sports Card Strategy Show we are here to help you make money flipping sports cards and build a collection that increases in value. Joining me on the show today is Bulls guard Io DeSumo and USC guard Bronny James. This Io DeSumo 2021 Contenders Optic Variation Red Rookie Ticket Auto PSA 10 that I picked up at a card show in a bundle deal for next to nothing and I just flipped on eBay for 70 bucks. And this Bronny James 2023 Tops Chrome McDonald's All-American Refractor Grade and Flip that I bought raw and got a PSA 10 on and just sold for 90 bucks on eBay in a nice 2X. You want to know how to buy the right card for the right player at the right time, and I am here to help you. On today's show, we're going to go through my top 10 eBay tips for buying and selling sports cards. Paul's Pickups. We're going to talk about how we need a selling marker for all cards, including NBA cards, with some specific examples. We're also going to talk to Chris Kelsey, owner of Nash Cards, about the importance of hitting bargain boxes at card shows, how to use ComC as a way to liquidate your smaller raw cards, how to pair ripping wax with grading as an advantageous sports card strategy to make money. We're also going to acknowledge that people are already itching for baseball cards in local card shops. And we'll, of course, talk directly to members of our NoOffSeason.com fam and answer your audience questions. But first, you guys know what time it is. It's time for some live chat love. Remember to ask your questions in the live chat. 
along with dropping your L's and dubs, and we will answer and shout you out at the end of the show. So let's go around, do some live chat love on this amazing post-NBA All-Star break, post-Burbank card show Monday. Barry Sip in the house. Good morning. Love Mondays with the Sports Card Strategy Show fam. Shane Graham, second in the house today. Shane's usually first, second, or third. Good to see Shane Graham, number two, in the batting lineup for the Milwaukee Brewers today. Happy Monday, everyone. Cardboard Corner, what's up? Brad Smith, Ryan Painter, just bought a house five minutes from the National. Okay, we're airbnb that out, Ryan. Uh, the entire NoOffSeason.com fam is going to Airbnb out Ryan Painter's house. He is the host at the National. Let's do it. Cleo Cards is there too. Cleveland, Ohio Cards. That's Chuck. What's up? We hope to see Chuck along with Ryan Painter and our guy Gary from Hoops and Cards at the National. Greeny Green, good day to you. Gabe Davis in the house. Star Buffalo Bills wideout, Gabe Davis. Swamp Gator, 42. New name in the house. Love seeing some new names in the live chat. Says, I purchased a Wyatt Langford Bowman first auto from eBay. Paid top price for raw because centering looked great. Received card a few weeks ago and moved to one touch. Noticed a divot. Is it still mint? We will answer that. Swamp Gator, I'm starring your question. We will definitely answer that at the end of the show in the QA. Justin Stewart in the house. Uh, Greeny Green says he's buying all the GG Jackson. That is that is very interesting. The GG Jackson of the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's talk about that at the end of the show as well. Rob Bumbacow in the house. Eric Bergerud. Good to see you, my man. Uh, he is a new member, new premium member to knowoffseason.com. Congrats, Eric. He says newbie. Love to see you. Jabroni cards back in the house. Newbie. Drop newbie in the live chat if you're a newbie. Drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. If you're not in the live chat, I still want to see a comment from you below. And good to see John Skeeter Robinson in the house and the sports card professor, Orest Boyko, my man. Good to see you always, always adding value in my Instagram DMs. Appreciate you, Orest Boyko. Would love it if you guys all drop a comment below at the end of the video as well. Matt Lane, love it. Matt has a great question about T. Higgins landing spots. Let's talk about that. I'm starring that. Let's talk about that at the end of the show in the audience QA section. Remember to continue to ask your questions in the live chat. Drop your L's and W's. We will answer and shout you out at the end of the show. If you like the content we're putting out on a daily, weekly basis, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It helps us out a ton. And wink, wink, you probably have noticed if you've consumed the last couple of sports card strategy shows, we've been giving out some massive, massive giveaways to people that are commenting on our YouTube videos and on our Instagram posts. Follow us at Sports Card Strategy on IG. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. I'm going to give you a little, a little hint, a little clue here, a little pro tip. Go back to all of our videos. Like them, comment on them at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. There could be something in it for you in terms of a giveaway towards the end of this year. 
Of course, join the Discord at sportscardstrategy.com. That's where you can get the quick link to participate in the ongoing conversation there. Shout out to all of our people on the Discord adding value every single day. All right, special thanks to our nooffseason.com network partner, CGC Cards. Check out nooffseason.com and click on the banner ads for CGC Cards. Please do that. It helps us out a lot. Get more details on their great grading service for PC protection starting at $12. This supports us. It supports CGC cards. And of course, please know that I'm grading my cards for flipping purposes with PSA, but consider sending some of my lower dollar cards all the time to CGC to try out their great experience for myself. I'm going to create a video at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey when I do that to show you the process of submitting with CGC cards. Are you ready to start grading your cards? CGC cards is the perfect place to slab your favorite football cards from their crystal clear holders to their affordable pricing. CGC cards is the perfect stop for your grading needs. Go to cgccards.com to start grading today. Sports Card School is a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value. Go to sportscardschool.com. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your PC and other things in your life. Before we get to our question of the day that is pinned on my IG profile at Sports Card Strategy, I'll say hello to some more of our live chatters. Alan Ma in the house says, good morning, family. Just wanted to stop by and say hello. We appreciate that. John Robinson is uh, dropping a question and a comment about Caitlin Clark. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Randy Ferguson in the house. Great to see you, my man. For those of you wondering where Connor is, he is in the lab researching a ton of stuff for nooffseason.com. He is our head of content at nooffseason.com. And he is in the lab just absolutely getting after it to provide all of you with the best, the best content at nooffseason.com. So don't worry about our man, Connor Barnett. He's going to join me on Wednesday, this Wednesday for a deep dive style show. And of course, on the overflow show on Friday. So get pumped for that for premium members of nooffseason.com. That is where you can ask unlimited questions and we will answer in an in-depth, very, very valuable fashion to help you build your sports card investment portfolio. All right, question of the day. Again, for those of you listening on Apple and Spotify, please feel free to just find this question of the day on IG at Sports Card Strategy. It's pinned there right now. If you're in the live chat or if you're at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, please answer the question below in a comment. If you could ask eBay one question and get a real answer, what would it be? So think long and hard about that. Try not to be cheeky. Try not to be facetious. Think about eBay. Think about ways that eBay could improve. Think about just things that you want to know about buying and selling on the eBay platform, why things are the way they are. Maybe there's something that frustrates you about things being the way that they are on eBay. Ask it. Ask it at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Drop a comment below. Ask it. And then a reply to my comment on the pinned Instagram post at Sports Card Strategy. Guys, I have great contacts at eBay. They are great people. They will answer questions from you. So 
drop them below at youtube.com slash Paul Higgy. Reply to the pinned Instagram post at Sports Card Strategy. And I'm going to work on getting you guys some answers because I love you all, my nooffseason.com fam. So again, if you could ask eBay one question and get a real answer, what would it be? I want to know. If you're watching at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, please comment below and hit the like button. I want to know your answer. And again, if you've been paying close attention to what we've been doing, we've been giving some serious giveaways to people commenting on our YouTube videos and IG posts. So again, wink, wink. Connor Barnett in the house says he's grinding. Good to see CB Trey, Connor Barnett in the house. And I'm starring some other comments from Jabroni Cards. Justin Stewart says, hope he's wearing a lab coat while doing it. He is in the lab. He is in the lab. And Connor says he's a Kyle Kuzma MLPS jersey. Same thing. Love it. Connor's the man. All right. Uh, cardboard Corner. I like Cardboard Corner's question for eBay. How do I get my listings more views? That's a great question. That's a great that That might end up being the number one question that we get from people. But please, again... Let us know what your number one question is for eBay. If you had one question, I want to know what it is. I'll tell you guys what mine is. Mine is, why won't you let us turn a buy it now or best offer listing into an auction? Why won't you just let us convert it into an auction? Why do I have to spend the extra time taking down a buy it now or best offer listing and then reposting it? as an auction. That is just absolutely maddening. It's maddening. I'm all about efficiency and I don't want to have to spend extra time doing extra things that I've already done. So let's get into more eBay tips. Uh, today's episode is called Top 10 eBay Tips for Buying and Selling Sports Cards. eBay is the market, everybody. eBay is the market. eBay is the marketplace for sports cards. And here's some data to back that up. As of February 1st, 2024, eBay had nearly 46 million listings for sports cards alone. 45,706,682 listings for sports cards alone. On the same day, ComC, we'll, we'll actually talk about ComC later in the episode as well. We're not just exclusive to eBay here on this episode, although we will count down my top 10 eBay tips for buying and selling sports cards. ComC had approximately 6 million listings on that day. Starstock had 1.3 million listings. MySlabs only had 136,400 listings and PWCC only had 40,000 listings. So again, eBay, 46 million listings. We've got some great eBay questions in here in the live chat. Again, drop them in an actual comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. That would be amazing. Perk your sports cards in the house. What's up? First time here. Need some help finding collections that doesn't involve meeting up with someone in person. Love that. Love that. Well, Perk, stick around for the end of the show. I'll, I'll give you some tips at the end of the show in the audience QA section. Keep dropping your comments below, but let's get into... Top 10 eBay tips for buying and selling sports cards. Up first, number one, let's talk about using eBay drafts. Using eBay drafts. Let's get into it. eBay is not the only place to sell cards, but it's the place that I sell the most cards because when you've got a lot of cards, 
it doesn't take as much time when you sell them on eBay. So here we go. I utilize eBay draft. I like to sell at the right time. And I don't like to schedule my eBay auctions to end at a particular time, but I know when I want to list them. So what I do is I preload my eBay draft with a boatload of cards. Like this is what my eBay drafts folder looks like right now. There's literally 28 different cards in here that I know I wanna sell within the next two weeks. And all I have to do now, they're all loaded. And all I have to do now is just go in and make them live with the click of one button whenever I want. Typically I'm a 10 day auction type of guy, but when I wanna list my 10 day auctions, I just go right into the eBay drafts, boom, get them posted. eBay drafts. They can definitely save you some time because again, you know, all of you are out there living your lives. You're not necessarily doing sports cards full time like Connor and I are, but you're out there and you're wanting to make money flipping sports cards. And, and like I said earlier in the show, Connor and I are all about efficiencies. And when you are juggling other things in your life, whether it's family, friends, whether it's full-time jobs, other hobbies that you might have, traveling, different things that you have to do that takes you away from being in front of your computer or even getting your phone out and selling cards on eBay, eBay drafts is a good thing to do because when you do have some time, you can create drafts. You can even create templates. We might get into more of that at sportscardschool.com. But uh, utilizing eBay drafts is one that I like to do. Cheers to Ziggy No in the house. Good to see you. Luke Menkel in the house says, yeah, Paul, do you utilize the template feature? That really sp speeds up the listing process for me. Luke Menkel, great call. Great call. I love the template feature. I love the template feature. That's another one. I mean, there are so many great eBay tips and the template feature for sellers is a great tip as well. That is where you can save a template and then just reuse it over and over again. And there's actually another one uh, coming up uh, in this countdown of my top 10 eBay list that uh, eBay tips for selling sports cards, Luke, that is similar to the template. So we're going to get to that in a second. But up next, let's talk about misspelled names and how to handle commonly misspelled names. You handle listing a card for a player with a commonly misspelled name. Because when you search for Devon A-Chain, you get all sorts of results. You get people spelling his name all kinds of ways. Now, when you look at it, the actual spelling of his name, it is going to be, per his card, D-E apostrophe capital V-O-N. Now, when you, when you make a search for D-E-V-O-N, for example, you get a lot of listings. Now, these listings, some of them are misspelled. Some of them are spelled correctly. Well, what I want you guys to do when you list a card for a player with a commonly misspelled name is I want you to spell it correctly and incorrectly, both in the title of your eBay listing. This will help trigger the correct spelling and the commonly misspelled versions of the name. Thus, it should yield you more views on your listing, which should in turn give you more watch list ads and potentially more bids if it is in fact an auction. So you should get more action on your eBay listing 
when you list Devon A-Chain, for example, as D-E apostrophe, capital V-O-N, then D-E-V-O-N, A-Chain, in the title, along with the rest of the information that you want in your listing. Now, an astute buyer of sports cards like Andy Kaysen will probably tell you that if you reverse engineer this as the buyer and you start searching for misspellings of a popular player, you probably will have less competition to deal with. Think about that. Mountain Lake Cards and Games has a great question about this tip and says, can you just misspell it in the player-athlete field? That, that's a great question, Mountain Lake Cards and Games, and I appreciate, appreciate it. Um, my understanding is that the title holds the most weight in terms of the search results. And so as a seller, I want to make sure that I put everything into the title that somebody is likely to search for. And so for a commonly misspelled name, I want to make sure as a seller that I am spelling it correctly and incorrectly in the title. I do not believe that simply misspelling it in the player athlete field will actually do that. I think that, you know, and Luke, Luke Menchel uh, adds here, you don't need to put the misspelling in the title. You can actually put it anywhere in the listing. Description, item specifics, etc. Thanks for adding that, Luke. I appreciate the conversation about this. And again, Luke and Mountain Lake Cards and Games could totally be right here. I'm just telling you guys based on my own actual experience, I have had more success. And it could and it it could be that it had to do with the card, right? Because it, it could depend on the card. But I have had, had more success with putting the misspelled name in the title along with the correct spelling of the name. O'Neill Cruz, Bowman Chrome First, 2016, Auto, PSA 10. His name is misspelled, and I spelled it correctly and incorrectly along with his last name in the title. And I did very, very, very well on that card. Also, um, so I believe that while I know Luke Luke Menchel in the chat is saying that uh, sometimes you can get wrong results because of that, um, that is where uh, I believe as a astute buyer, and this is what I said at the end of the tip, as an astute buyer, you can reverse engineer that. And if you actually make searches with the misspelling and find results that only have the misspelling in them. And I've done this a lot. I typically find that those are the results, even for the same cards that have less watchers and less bids on them. So I believe that as a seller, you should, based on all of this information and based on my experience with it, you should put the commonly misspelled name, whether it's a first name or a last name, happens all the time, Jamar Chase is a good example. O'Neill Cruz. I talked about Devon A-Chain. So there's a lot of different examples of this. I would put it in the title with both the correct spelling and incorrect spelling. But hey, guys, you know what? Do your own experimentation on this. Do your own experimentation on this. And I mean, I kind of agree with Luke Menchel here. There isn't a wrong way as long as you have both. I agree. Good morning to Jason Miyasaki in the house. Good morning to Chad, the Chad underscore 23. Uh, says, do you keep a spreadsheet of all of your cards? Short answer is yes, absolutely. I keep multiple spreadsheets of all of my cards and I will 
explain further at the end of this show in the audience QA segment. So everybody continue to drop your questions and L's and W's and comments in the live chat. We'll talk about them at the end of the show. All right, up next is one of my favorite ones. People ask me all the time, what do you do when an auction goes unpaid for? So let's talk about that. Second chance offer is something that comes up often in our world at the Sports Card Strategy Show. That is what you use on eBay. If you sell an item in an auction for the price that you really wanted to sell it for, but your buyer doesn't pay, you can initiate a second chance offer to the next highest bidder or really to any of the bidders for whatever price you want to offer it to them for. So in theory, if your second highest bidder was close enough to your highest bidder and you're willing to offer it to them for the price of their bid, in theory, they should accept that and they should be really happy with that. So you can find your listing in my eBay selling activity or seller hub, select second chance offer from more actions and then continue. Then make sure you select the quantity of items you have to sell, the duration of the offer and the bidders that you wanna send offers to and click continue. Hopefully you'll get the money for that card that the other crappy buyer didn't pay you for. Yeah, second chance offers are clutch, everybody, because basically there's nothing more frustrating than when you sell a card and you're all excited because you're about to profit on that auction because you followed our guidelines, strategies, and plays at nooffseason.com. And then all of a sudden the buyer doesn't pay. And what do you do? What do you do? Well, the second chance offer gives you that opportunity to send the offer to the next highest bidder. So phenomenal uh, feature there by eBay. It's something that a lot of people don't know about. Let me know if you have tried a second chance offer. Uh, drop a comment below. One Galaxy Germ in the house. Premium member welcome box received. Awesome and big thanks. You got it, Jeremy. You got it. Thanks for your support. And uh, Sean G of AZ Red 5 Cards. What's up, my man? Just got Sean G's question for the Overflow Show coming up this Friday. Pumped to answer that. And, um, you know, another quick Quick shameless plug for the overflow show there. That's for premium members. Good work. Sean G go to nooffseason.com slash ask. If you want to ask a question and get it answered on the overflow show by myself and Connor. All right. My next tip has to do with something Luke Menchel mentioned in the live chat a few seconds ago. He mentioned templates, but there's another shortcut that I use. It's, it's similar to the template concept, but it is, the duplicating of listings of successful previous sales. And so I want to talk about if you are about to list a card and you want to try to maximize the optimization of that card. So let's use this Damian Lillard 2012-2013 National Treasures RPA out of 99 BGS 95 as an example. This this puppy sold yesterday. Um, I'm sorry, this puppy sold on, on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Today's February 19th. I apologize. This puppy sold five days ago, right before the All-Star break, before he was named the NBA uh, All-Star Game MVP. One would argue that this could have gone for a little higher had this person waited just six days, but I think they probably still did okay. This thing sold for $2,751 on 36 bids. That's a good, healthy amount of bids. Okay. 
you can see here it was actually from a consigner. So that could be why it was not necessarily listed at the exact right time. It, it was listed at the right time, but maybe not the exact right time. Had the consigner waited one week, they probably could have could have profited maybe a little bit more. But anyway, again, the person probably did okay on this sale. What a beautiful card. Here's the tip. The tip is when you're in a situation like this, and I specifically picked this card because it's out of 99, right? So if you want to try to maximize optimization of a listing, you can find a listing that did really, really well for the same card. And you can just simply click sell one like this. So I'm already under the sold items, right? And that's why you see the, the sold price. And that that's part of the process. So once you go find an item that did really well, what I mean by that is filter by completed and sold items. Then just sell one like this. And what eBay does is it just copies the exact structure and settings and optimization of the listing that did really well. And then it allows you to edit it. So you can edit it for your card. So in theory, you wouldn't even really have to have the same grade. This could have been a BGS 9. This could have been a PSA 9. This could have been a PSA 10. So you can you can find a card that that's similar in grade, similar in card, but that did well. And you might have that card and then just click sell one like this. And now you've duplicated the listing. Uh, all the settings in the listing saves you time. And in theory, gives you a pretty darn, pretty darn good chance at uh, maximizing profits. So um, up next, tip number five. Top 10 eBay tip number five. I mentioned this. In a, pre in a previous episode of the Sports Card Strategy Show not too long ago, and it's something I just found. It's called Organized Watched Items into Custom Lists. Connor and I and everybody else at NoOffSeason.com love to stay organized. We love to stay efficient. We know you, members of the NoOffSeason.com family, do as well. So we're going to try to help you do that because we're recommending that you buy and sell quite a few sports cards on a regular basis. So if you were in your watch list, all you need to do is find this little section that says organized watched items into custom lists and then click create new list. You can just add a name to your list and then you can put all of your items in your watch list into an organized fashion. As you can see, I haven't done it yet, but I'm about to because I've got, you know, here, here's some suggestions. I would do for sure by sport. I would potentially do by player. And I would potentially do by card type. So for example, Kaboom or Downtown or Prism Silver, Prism Silver PSA 10. Um, I think that is a great, simple eBay tip. All right. Number six. I talked about the vault to vault transfer with spendable funds in last week's episode. I'm going to kind of hit on it again, and I'm but I'm just going to talk about the eBay vault. I think the eBay vault, utilizing the eBay vault either in that vault to vault transfer, which is basically like scouting out cards that are high dollar cards. They have to be over $250 and they have to be graded by either PSA, uh, CGC, CSG, SGC, BGS. I believe there's a couple others that qualify, but they have to be graded by one of those grading companies to make it eBay vault eligible. But when you are shopping on eBay and you find a card that says it's already in the vault, that's a good opportunity to potentially get that card and just immediately get it transferred to your eBay vault, which I really like because then you're taking any of the shipping out of it. 
You're taking all that margin for error in terms of the transferring of the card with the U.S. Postal Service out of it. You're taking the, the authentication process out of it. So you immediately get the card and you can list it right away, which depending on the sport that you're trying to flip, the timing that you're trying to make, that can speed things up a lot for you, right? Again, getting an already graded card, utilizing the eBay vault to go ahead and get it directly transferred to you. Another thing is just simply the vault feature. Like this is super cool. Once you get a card into your eBay vault, it'll, it'll, it automatically tracks like how well you've done on each purchase. So for those of you watching, you can see right here in my eBay vault, I've got an Elijah Green Auto PSA 10 that's up $55 in value. I've got a Joe Burrow Donruss Optic Hollow PSA 10 that's up $53 in value. I've got a Shadur Sanders PSA 10 that's up $47.50 in value. I've got some other cards that are down. I've got a Shadur that's down $6. I've got a Jalen Hurts that's down $82. But in general, the eBay vault gives you essentially like your own uh, my collection type feature tracking for your higher dollar cards. So I really, really like that. All right, up next, eBay tip number seven. Let's talk about why we would save sellers. Let's get into that. Saving sellers. I mean, specifically is for those of us that want to buy a bunch of raw cards and send them in to get graded at most likely PSA. A good idea is to find sellers that only list raw cards. And then when you buy from them, and in fact, the card you buy is in good enough condition for you to submit it to PSA and hopefully get a gem mint 10, save them as a seller because chances are they don't grade their cards. Now, conversely, when you find a seller that has mostly graded cards listed and you buy a raw card from them, my guess is that that seller either didn't submit it to PSA because they didn't think it would gem or they cracked it out of a PSA 5, 6, 7, or 8 and are selling it raw because they know they can get more money for it raw. Save your eBay sellers that list only good raw cards if you're a grader. That is a good way to potentially get some gem mint 10s at PSA. At least it's a starting point. Yeah, so I mean, saving eBay sellers is not necessarily going to ensure that you're able to profit from those cards, but just in general, it's a good practice to save sellers that you've had not only good experiences with, but that typically list the kind of cards that you want because it just makes the process for searching for cards more efficient. And one other little add-on tip to that is it can make combined shipping very possible. Um, you know, being able to buy multiple items from one seller and then get combined shipping from that seller is a great idea to save on cost, build up efficiency, and saving sellers can help you do that. So up next, eBay tip number eight. Let's talk about an interesting concept here. This is sniping buy it nows. How is this possible? Show you guys a little trick on eBay to use the advanced search to go in and maybe look for buy it now listings that are a little old and buy it now listings that are a little old could have outdated pricing on them. So when news happens in the NFL off season, 
you can get deals on cards for buy it now listings that are a little bit outdated on their pricing. So I'm throwing out a possibility. This is just a hypothesis of something that could happen in the off season. Maybe there's some news for our guy, Trey Lance to rise up the depth chart in Dallas with poor performance from Dak Prescott at the end of the NFL season and the playoff game against green Bay. So, that's just an example. This can happen at any given time based on news in the NFL or results of games. So what I want you to do is go up to the advanced search up at the top. Uh, next to the search bar, you'll see a small, small, small word advanced in blue. And then I want you to scroll down and go to buy it now under buying format and then Check the box for buy it now and then go down to items ending within and then basically if you pick buy it nows that are ending within say 24 hours or less 12 hours five hours four hours three hours two hours one hour and then click search it's going to show you buy it nows that are about to end and in theory these can be sniped now you're not always going to be able to bank on the fact that the buyer listed it at a low price anyway a lot of people list buy it nows at high prices anyway to avoid this from happening but a lot of times people will just list cards to sell based on recent comps and then based on the news cycle those cards start selling for much more and so you can go use this tactic to just search every now and then and you can even save these searches based on player and the parameters of the advanced search that I showed you so yeah so that's not the only thing that you can use the advanced search for you can use the advanced search for a lot of other efficiencies that you can gain in your eBay buying process and in theory you could also snipe buy it now uh, the other way around so new listings right like I mentioned in that tip older listings that were about to expire, but you could also do the same thing with newer listings, the ones that have been listed within the last six hours or within the last 12 hours. You can do the same thing in the advanced search function on eBay like I just showed you and talked about in order to basically try and quote unquote snipe New buy it now listings that you feel based on recent comps or just based on your sports card strategy with a selling marker for a particular player might be underpriced. So I think that is another great way to use the advanced search feature on eBay. We are counting down my quick top 10 eBay tips on today's episode of the sports card strategy show. And uh, number nine coming up is when not to include extra cards as a gift to your buyer. When not to include extra cards as a gift to your buyer. I think one question we get asked all the time on the Sports Card Strategy Show is, what do we do with all of our extra cards that we can't sell? And one of our answers always is, well, it's nice to get that eBay rating up by including some of these as a gift to your buyer but not all the time. Here's why. Some buyers have a shipping address of ship my cards or another vault service, possibly ComC, possibly PWCC vault. When you see that your buyer has a shipping address that is not clearly a residential address, perhaps it's a PO box, definitely 
Do not ship them extra cards if it is a ship my cards address or a PWCC vault address. Why? Because each of these services charge an ingestion fee per card and the ingestion fee for raw cards is off the charts ridiculous. So what you'll end up doing is you'll end up causing your buyer to pay a ridiculous amount of money to get some trash cards that you sent them as a gift. It'll backfire. They'll be mad at you. This is when not to send extra cards as a gift to your buyer. Power packed episode so far today. Counting down my top eBay tips for buying and selling my quick tips and shout out to all of you in the live chat right now. Just absolutely bringing it strong. One thing I love to try to do is bring as much value in every single episode of the sports card strategy show that I can bring. And I have to say that everyone in the live chat right now is bringing so much value. It's almost like we have our own little family of experts in the audience. And I really, really appreciate that about all of you. You all are bringing so much value to the community. Thank you so much. And we've got number 10. Number 10, it's a little teaser, everybody. So don't hate me for this because the rest of the show is for free. And technically, you can get this one for free too. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com. But number 10 is how to become an eBay top-rated seller, which everybody wants to do. But you have to get this one at Sports Card School with your premium membership at nooffseason.com. So go to Sports Card School dot com for the tip on how to become an eBay top rated seller. Why should you subscribe to nooffseason.com's premium membership? Do you like the content on this show? Want more? A free 30-day trial membership at nooffseason.com gives you a Friday edition of the sports card strategy show called the Overflow Show. It's a premium podcast for members only every Friday. And you can ask an unlimited amount of questions to build your sports card investment portfolio. And I answer them for you. I put in the work, the research, and do the analysis and give you the best possible answer so that you can increase your chances of making money flipping sports cards. And of course, our guy, Connor Barnett, head of content at nooffseason.com, back in the lab with the lab coat on, puts in the work as well to add value for you. And if that's not enough reason to sign up for a free 30-day trial, you get Sports Card School and tons of premium members-only articles. Sign up today at nooffseason.com. Guys, we're also doing a lot of members giveaways in case you haven't noticed. In case you're just joining us, which some of you are, and welcome in. The Chad underscore 23. Others that are newbies in the live chat today, perk your sports cards. We had Ralph Carrero come come in. Ralph, I've got your question start up for the end of the show. Joe Reinch came in, got your question and comment start up for the end of the show. We've got Eric Bergerud. Got a lot of new new names in the live chat today. But again, thanks everybody for all of your support, for all of the value that you're adding in the nooffseason.com family, it is time for Paul's pickups. And I am excited about this one. This is where I share with you guys what I have purchased since the last time that we have talked with each other. And so it's time to get into some kabooms. I got a couple couple more kabooms, couple more kabooms. And I see you, Matt Lane. Uh, we're gonna get, get to your question at the end of the episode in the audience QA section. So stay tuned for that. What kaboom did I get? Guys, I'm going quarterback. Kyler Murray, 2019 Panini Absolute. 
Kaboom rookie card. It's got the RC shield on it. It's a sweet image artwork of him tossing the rock, spinning it a little bit. Guys, here's the thing I really liked about this one. $625, two bids, two bids. So definitely not sold at the right time, purchased at the right time. And it is the right card for the right player to basically flip during a hype cycle of late August, early September, avoid injuries, just catch it on the rise, buying at the right time, selling at the right time. This is a simple play. It's a higher dollar card, but guys, $625 for a Kaboom rookie PSA nine of a starting quarterback in the NFL, two bids, two bids. So I think I absolutely sniped this one. Here's part of the reason why I think I sniped this one, guys. If you look closely here, and for those of you listening, I'm going to tell you, this auction ended on a Thursday at 3.37 p.m. That's a bad time to end an auction. That is a bad time to end an auction. Rob DeLaRocco wants to know, is the Kaboom a giveaway? Rob, let me, let me just say this. If you or other people out there comment a ridiculous amount of times on our YouTube videos, and on our Instagram account at Sports Card Strategy, that helps us a ton. I, I am going to give away cards. I am going to give away cards. I don't know if this one's going to be a giveaway or not. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to promise anything, but I will say that there will be cards of similar caliber given away to paid members of nooffseason.com who comment a lot on our YouTube videos at youtube.com slash paulhickey and share our Instagram posts and comment on our Instagram posts at Sports Card Strategy. Thanks for asking the question, Robert. And I really appreciate you dipping into the live chat and supporting us. All right, up next in Paul's pickups. Let's get into this one. If you thought that Kyler Murray was a nice pickup at quarterback, here's a guy we've talked about a lot as a quick flip this offseason. Justin Fields, 2021 Panini Absolute Kaboom PSA 9. Rookie card, number K-43. Best offer accepted of $815 on this one. Now, I know for a fact that people who signed up for the one-on-one -on -one strategist package where I essentially put all of my time and effort into helping those people get the best deals on sports cards for the right card for the right player at the right time. I know for a fact, and I'm not going to mention who it was, but one of our one-on-one -on -one strategist people got this exact same card for under $650. So I know that I paid about $200 more than that person, but I still am super confident that this card could easily double, easily double this offseason because there's going to be news around Justin Fields. Either the Bears are going to draft him a weapon, a sick weapon with the number one overall pick, or they're going to trade him for a boatload of draft capital to a team that really, really wants him and already has sick weapons. Either way, there's going to be some hype spikes for Justin Fields this offseason. And if this card, if I can't sell this card for double what I paid for it in April, well, I'll just wait till late July, late August, early September, and I'll definitely be able to profit on it at that point. Okay. 
last but definitely not least in Paul's pickups is probably my favorite Shadur Sanders card that I've picked up. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all the details of all the Shadur Sanders cards that I have in my sports card investment portfolio right now because there are a lot of them. I might dedicate one future. Let me know, actually. Drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey or DM me at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram if you'd rather not. If you're listening on the podcast apps, DM me at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram. Let me know, should I dedicate an entire Monday episode to walking you guys through my portfolio and how much allocation I have to Shador Sanders and what that allocation looks like? Because if you guys are interested in that type of an episode, I will gladly do it. I will gladly show and tell and break down for you my sports card investment portfolio, what I own right now, and what portion of them is dedicated to Shador Sanders and break down the exact amount that I've invested in Shador Sanders and show you all of my cards. But this one could be my pride and joy. 2023 Bowman Chrome U Sapphire. Shador Sanders first auto out of 25 orange. PSA nine. Okay. Out of 25. Not too concerned about it not being a PSA 10 because it's a Sapphire Edition Orange out of 25 auto. And I got it for only $380.59. I think this is an absolute go where they ain't freaking steal when no one is really paying attention to Shadur Sanders right now. Here we go. Perk your sports cards, likes it. Rusty Emma Gart is in the house. Just saying hi, back to work. Catch the replay later. You guys are killing it. Thanks for the Dave Ramsey-like advice, LOL. For those of you not in on the joke, Rusty Imagart coined me the Dave Ramsey of sports cards. I want to know if you think that I'm more of the Jim Rome of sports cards flying solo on Mondays. But uh, either way, I'm just happy to have you guys with me. John Skeeter Robinson says the Shadur is a bargain. Matt Lane says he'd be down for the portfolio episode. All right, I want to know. I need like more than 25 people. If more than 25 people comment on this video at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey and or DM me directly at sports card strategy on Instagram, I'll do a full episode on my portfolio featuring my breakdown of Shadur Sanders. Perk Your Sports Card says, is my name displaying correctly, LOL? It says Perk, and then it says, sport your cards. <laughs> Dude, Perk Your Sports Cards. I've been saying Perk Your Sports Cards. So it's actually Perk, sport your cards. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I messed that up. Uh can I just call you Perk Your Sports Cards? It kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. I'm messing with you. Perk, sport your cards. What's up? Justin Stewart says, you are the Paul Hickey of sports cards. Thank you so much. Eric Stefano says, a little bit of both. Jim Roman Ramsey, thumbs up. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Perk. Perk, sport your cards. Yep, that's it, man. He says Perk is fine. All right, just Perk. We're having fun with you, Perk. We're excited that you're in the house here on the live chat. Um. Love to get new people in the live chat. If you can't make it in the live chat, don't worry. We, we love you. Most of our audience is on Apple and Spotify, so uh, we're there for you. That's why we got the Discord, so go to sportscardstrategy.com. Join the Discord. Shane Graham's there. We need to make Shane Graham a moderator of the Discord. He's just been killing it. We appreciate Shane Graham. All right. 
Guys, we need a solid, solid selling marker for all cards. I talk about this all the time. I say, don't buy a card without a selling marker, a clear selling marker. If you need help with this, nooffseason.com, free 30-day trial, sports card school, breaks down this exact concept very, very well. You need a selling marker. Also, our sports card rankings at nooffseason.com have a selling marker for all the cards that we list on our rankings. Here's two examples of cards that did not have clear selling markers when maybe you would have bought them and that's, that it, that it just they haven't gone up. They haven't gone up. Okay, one card that did not have a clear selling marker and I earmarked this for everybody back in the holiday dip was Giannis. Giannis 2013 NBA Hoops Rookie PSA 10. There's been no change in the dip in December. Still about $240. These There was even one sale that was $125 that Connor was all mad at himself because he called it out and then he said, we thought that might have been an anomaly sale. I don't think it was an anomaly sale because uh, it has not been cleaned up out of marketmoversapp.com yet and marketmoversapp.com does a pretty darn good job of cleaning up anomaly sales from their tool, their platform. And if you want to save 20% on marketmoversapp.com after a free 14-day trial, use the promo code NOOFFSEASON. But there's been no change. Essentially, this card still sells for around $240. And that's what I was afraid of in terms of buying it in the, the dip in the holidays. And I mean, you could say, well, Paul, you know, it should still go up. Yes, I do believe it will go up. I do believe it will go up. So if you bought this card in that dip, that's fine. But my, here's what I would ask you. Why would you tie up that money, right? This show and the content at nooffseason.com a lot of times is about bankroll management. A principle of bankroll management is like, why would you tie up money on a card when it's easily going to be available months later for the same price? And this Giannis base card in PSA 10, 2013 NBA hoops rookie, there's a ton of them. Okay. It's not hard to find this card. It's not hard to buy this card. Okay. So either way, regardless of potential anomaly sales, this card has not gone up. It has not gone up. I didn't think it was going to go up. I said on this show that I didn't think it was going to go up. I didn't think that there was a clear selling marker for this card. Now, do I think it's going to go up in the potentially in the NBA playoffs and in the finals if the Bucs make it to the finals? Absolutely. Could it double? Absolutely. Is this a bad card to have bought in December? No, it's not a bad card. I'm just talking about bankroll management. You didn't need to go buy it in December. You can, you can go buy it now. I think it's a great card to buy it now. All right. The second one that I just want to point out here, and, and really it's it could be an anomaly, but I think it's a good example of like why it's tricky to flip basketball cards in season without a clear selling marker. Now, I like Benedict Mathurin. I think he could end up being a phenomenal NBA player. I think he could be easily an all-star in the next few seasons, if not next year. But uh, Slabstocks had a great um, stat in their newsletter the other day that an NT out of 25 which is more of a collector card, right? It's the opposite of the Giannis 2013 base PSA 10 hoops rookie. Even with Mathurin's performance in the Rising Star games where he was MVP on Friday night, even with that, this card, his 20, 
22 NTRPA out of 24 sold for $2,500. That's a decrease of 7% from when it last sold, which was actually during that dip, during the dip, quote unquote, on December 16th, 2023, it sold for $200 more, $2,700. So the point, the takeaway here is it's not that you can't make money flipping basketball cards in season. It's that it is very, very hard and it'll tie up a lot of your money with the low end card that's super liquid and with the high end collector quote unquote type card that in theory should go for way more during a selling marker than during a dip. But that's my whole point. Basketball's tough. It's not easy. So Let's talk about a few basketball cards, though, in addition to that Giannis 2013 PSA 10 that I do think will continue to go up that, that have gone up. Jalen Brunson 2018 Prism Silver Raw is up 72.4% in the last 30 days. I still think that could be an interesting card to buy and grade or just buy and flip raw. Tyrese Halliburton his 2020 Prism Photo Variation Fast Break Raw is up 63% over the last 14 days. And Anthony Edwards 2020 Prism Silver PSA 10. This is a card that I have flag planted on many times on the Sports Card Strategy Show. And guys, it looks like I was right. Why was I right? Not because I'm the smartest person in the world, because I'm probably one of the hardest working and I do my research. And I only come to you, fam, when I really, really know that a flag plant is going to pan out. And I flag planted on this card. Anthony Edwards 2020 Prism Silver PSA 10 auctions have started to top $600 for the first time during the NBA regular season. This is a card that you all could have had for under $550, sometimes well under $550. So I still think that that could be a good card. At nooffseason.com, we're adding player profiles to our rankings with a lot of basketball opportunities right now. So I'm not down on basketball. What I'm saying is I didn't think, I never thought from November through December that just because you bought a basketball card because it was down, that it was automatically going to go up around the end of February. And I'm pretty much right in a lot of those scenarios. What I do think could happen is that some specific cards like the Tyrese Halliburton, like the Jalen Brunson, like the Ant-Man could go up around the All-Star break. And I just presented you some data that proves that. But here's the takeaway. You can buy a lot of these NBA cards right now that we're talking about. And a lot of the ones that we're going to be talking more about at nooffseason.com. You can buy them now on the rise, not take up too much of that bankroll because you should be able to sell them in May for the playoff contenders. It's really, really hard to pick who's going to make it to the NBA finals and even who's going to make it to the conference championships. But if you can do that, you can really, really cash in. So I am starring some of your comments and questions in the live chat. We're going to get to them in a second. But up now, we've got a phenomenal interview with my guy, Chris Kelsey. He is the owner of three card shops, Nash Cards. And guys, I want you to stick through this entire interview because he drops some amazing sports card strategies in here, including value box diving, stocking based on seasonality, how hype matters to card shop owners as well. Some of my favorites, how to use ComC as a way to liquidate your smaller raw cards, how to pair ripping wax with grading as an advantageous sports card strategy to make 
money. So hang tight through this entire interview with Chris. It's a great one. Then we're going to get to your questions and comments. Here we go. Chris, welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show and the NoOffSeason.com family. Pumped you're here, my man. What's up, Paul? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, great to see you. So tell our audience briefly about yourself, what you do, why you do it, and your overall familiarity with the sports card hobby. Yeah, no problem. So I'm the owner of Nash Cards. We are three retail locations. We have one in Nashville. That's where you can usually find me. Uh, we have one outside of Philadelphia and one outside of Memphis as well. Um, and But we're also really well known all around the country for our bulk submission services. Um, currently, we are uh, only submitting to PSA with our services. However, we are, I think, the fifth largest submitter in the world to PSA. Um, so I pretty much kind of run four operations, if you will, three stores in a, in a giant bulk sub. Um, as for why I do it or anything like that is I come from a law firm background, accounting based work. Um, I remember going in my first day on that job and sitting there and by one o'clock I was, I literally was thinking, I am not going to be able to do this for 40 years, you know? Um, and so, you know, my next nine years at law firms turned into what kind of side projects can I do to get myself out of this? Um, a lot of them did not work out but when i found sports cards i fell in love and and the rest is history how long have you owned card shop uh we've started our national store in july of 2020 so we are a little over three years is that the right math yeah three and a half years now um with the first shop philly's been open for probably around seven months in memphis about a year and a half i believe that's amazing you guys have come a long way in a short period of time and I love that backstory. It sounds like you and I have a lot in common. I, I share a brain with you in terms of just like thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta love for the hobby. I gotta love for sports cards. I need to make this my full-time job in, in some way, shape or form. So congratulations on doing that. You guys have had a lot of success. And, oh, thanks uh, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And one other thing I'm super impressed about with you is like, um, I had a great experience with you in person at your shop back in like summer of 2021 with my son. And then I saw mm -hmm. you at culture collision, like almost three full years later, a couple weeks ago. And you remembered me and not only did you remember me, but you remembered exactly the transaction that we had. And, uh, I just thought that was super cool. So, I mean, are you always like that? Yeah, kind of. I have a very, what I call selective memory, which means um, if you ask me what I ate for lunch tomorrow, I probably couldn't tell you or yesterday, obviously. Um, but when it came to, you know, I've always been kind of a mathematical or a visualizer mind. Um, and so when it came to cards or, you know, things like that, um, I think that's kind of what helped me in the beginning. You know, um, I could always remember what I paid for something, what I have in my box. And if you go back and look in my boxes, I mean, it looks like absolute chaos, but I always call it organized chaos because in my head, I know where stuff is. Um, I can just kind of visualize stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I know you were an interesting character when you came in my first story. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just because you came at me with soccer and this is what in my infant, infant stages of a shop. And I remember speaking to you like, I know nothing about soccer, but I'm willing to learn a little bit, you know? And so, you know, when you put a kind of a marker in my head like that, it's kind of hard to forget. That makes sense. Okay. Moving along to some, um, flipper related questions, because as you know, our show is all about helping people make money, flipping sports cards. What percent collector are you and what percent flipper are you? 
Oh, so yeah, I would say zero percent collector. Um, and that doesn't mean a hundred percent flipper. I'll get to that. But as for collector, um, I'm a very like minimalist person. Um, I, if you go, you know, if you look at my closet, I probably own like one or two pairs of jeans. Um, you know, it, it kind of translates to my whole life. So like the idea of hoarding or collecting a bunch of stuff gives me anxiety kind of gets me overwhelmed um but that's not to say that i'm only into cards to flip them um i got into this space as a hobby you know and i think you could be a hobbyist without being a collector um and so basically what i mean by that is that what really draws me to this space is the interactions the dealing with the people meeting people like you at the shop um and i think you know even before i was making money on these cards i was setting up at a show every weekend not every weekend every weekend that the show had um and it was more just to hang out with the boys you know gamble a little bit rip some packs and then you just use the cards as a way to, you know, integrate and to meet people and, and, and to, you know, I just, I like that aspect of it, the, uh, the interaction. Um, but, you know, so I don't think that's a flipper per se, you know, um, but I think there's a difference between being like a hobbyist and a collector, you know, uh, there's nothing that I just put back and be like, I'm keeping this forever. And the only items that I do that with is like sentimental, you know, it's something my dad gave me, something you can't replace, but most of my stuff that I don't sell is worth nothing. Um, it's not like I'm keeping like a card because I think it's gonna be worth a lot in the future or anything like that. I love that perspective. I totally relate to that in so many different ways. Um, okay, so we have a segment that we believe is an audience favorite. We've gotten feedback on this. It's called the 1K Budget Builder. The objective is for you, in this case, to quote unquote, spend $1,000 on cards that you believe will rise in value within a 12 month window. So if you had $1,000 with this in mind, who would you buy? So I thought about this a little bit. I'm gonna answer a little indirectly at first and then maybe i'll uh cave in and answer that question for you um but it just kind of goes with who i am and the style that i've always approached cards is i don't do it that way um i really have never bought cards i always tell my employees and stuff like i don't we don't want to buy cards and then in addition to buying those cards have to have a performance rise the value um, I'm never buying anything with the hope that something happens and then it will be more money. Um, so I want to answer truthfully first and then I'll, I'll then I'll play the game. But if it were me and I had a thousand dollars, what I would be doing is not looking at who's going to rise in value, who's going to do that. But I would be hitting bargain boxes at shows. And um, I always say like those dollar, two dollar, three dollar cards are the easiest cards to make ludicrous margins on um so you can absolutely go to a show find a dollar card and sell it for ten dollars on ebay but you'll never ever unless you get really lucky find a thousand dollar card and and sell it for ten thousand so um i started off with cards that were twenty dollars or less i never bought anything over that it took me probably like a year and a half before i i, I took the plunge and spent a hundred dollars on a single car it was a bowman platinum bryce harper i still remember what car it was too 
Um, but you know, it, it took a long time for me to get there just because I don't like losing. Um, and so if you hang out in the dollar to $5 bargain bins, you can absolutely rake and your margins will be huge. Um, it won't be lucrative unless you put in hours and hours and hours of work, but it, that what better way to get a basis of what you're doing and, and understand markets and the cards. Um, so that would be my truthful answer. Like if I had a thousand dollars, what I would do, it would be not performance based whatsoever. Um, that being said, just to play the game, you know, I am a seasonal guy. Um, so if it were me right now with a thousand dollars, I'm looking at some Bowman, some baseball prospects. Um, I'm staying away from Corbin Carroll. I'm staying away from Gunnar Henderson. I'm staying away from anyone that already had their freshman hype. Um, or the rookie hype, I'm sorry, but like I was going to go to uh, sophomore seasons are scary to me. They're always scary to me. So I would never buy anyone that's already kind of made their dent. Um, I was sticking that, you know, prospect uh, realm. I, you know, I, I could do an obvious answer like Jackson Holiday, um, but that would in include some grading because he's already a little inflated. So I would probably seek out some Jackson Holiday, Jackson Turio, you know, some Langford. All those top prospects that you know, no matter what, are going to be buzzy uh, come spring training. And all you need is, a, you know, two home runs in a meaningless game and a guy's going to go wild. So as long as you get a nice smorgasbord of, of prospects that are going to have an opportunity to prove themselves in spring training, I think there's no way you could miss on all of them. Man, phenomenal insights there on the value boxes. I know our audience is going to love that. And uh, that's something I'd love to unpack further uh, next time we talk because it sounds like you've had some success there and that's phenomenal. And then, yeah, we're in lockstep there on the the selling marker of maybe it's the call up, maybe it's just spring training hype with those prospects. Those are the guys that you mentioned are literally our top three prospects on our, uh, our top three players to buy on our baseball card ranking. So uh, great work there. Definitely we're, we're uh, like-minded on that as well. Okay, let's transition over to some hobby shop related questions. So this is your wheelhouse for sure. Um, one thing I'm always curious to talk to card shop owners like yourself about is how does seasonality influence your inventory slash stock decision making? Does it, does it play a factor at all? Uh, absolutely. It has to, uh, to some degree. I will say before I was a shop, I was a lot more seasonal. Uh, it's a little easier to do um, because, you know, for example, right now I would have put the, all my football cards away and I would wait till preseason minus my homes or any of those kind of guys. Right. Um, that just won. I would wait till preseason, which I call the preseason percolation. You know, we all get excited about these quarterbacks coming back and all these guys. Um, I would put them in a box and just wait. I'd be like, I'm not going to sell these. I'm not going to do this off-season market and take a hit. I'm just going to put them in a box, and then I have a nice box to go through come preseason. Um, as a shop owner, that's really hard to do. And the reason for that is your customers are coming in asking for football cards, you know? Um, and you can't be like, no, I'm keeping them all till they're more expensive. So you, you do have to, you know, sell some things maybe that you don't want to as much. Um, just to even give the inventory to your customers, you know, you want to make them happy when they come through the door. Uh, that being said, you know, if I look up, uh, what's a good example, Brock Purdy right now, who probably dipped about 25 to 35% on a lot of cards. Uh, Lamar Jackson has really halved himself on the market when he was really hot in the playoffs. Guys like that, if I have a decent piece of them, um, I have, I'm going to put it in a box and put it in the back. And like I said, we'll, we'll address it, you know, come preseason and then sell it for market. But why sell it now? You know, 
I was just going to say, so it sounds like you have to make some different types of decisions in order to cater to the customer. But at the same time, there is some similarities between some of the decisions that our audience is probably making related to, okay, well, I don't really need to take a hit on my Lamar Jackson's or my Brock Purdy's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we always know that, you know, selling these bigger time cards in the off season, it's always like, why, you know? Cause like, um, in my opinion, performance is definitely a factor to why someone's value will go up and down, but more so I would always argue relevancy. And, you know, we need those new pa- newspaper headlines. We need to hear about him bulking up and, and gaining 20 pounds and all of that. Once you start hearing that stuff, that's when you really see needles move. You know, it takes a lot of performance to make a needle move. Um, and so, you know, in the off season, we're not talking about that. We're talking about everyone right now coming to my store is excited about baseball season. You know, we got pitchers and catchers reporting all that. So why am I selling a top tier quarterback, you know, during, during preseason of baseball? That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but again, you know, I have to have some pieces out there. And so I usually kind of get those like cheap PSA tens of all these quarterbacks or whoever, a hundred bucks here, there, and then we'll fill our showcases with those just so that if you come in looking for one of these guys, it's not like I don't have it or I'm keeping it. It's, you know, we have product available for you. Speaking of people coming into your shop excited, if you had to split your customer base between flippers and PCers, what would that percentile look like roughly? I would bet it varies from store to store. So I'll speak for Nashville since this is where I hang out the most. Um, And the interesting thing about our Nashville store is that it's literally built out like half Pokemon. So we got half Pokemon, half sports cards. I would tell you that 85% of the Pokemon people are collectors. And this is why I love catering to Pokemon and that space. It's such an easier game. Um, It's really, it's a constant market. Um, These guys are collectors. So if a card is going for $5, uh, on the internet, and we have a tag for $5, they are grabbing it immediately. Where a sports card guy, no offense to all you viewers out there, is on their phone looking like this, going like this, and being like, well, the last one did five, would you take $2, you know? Um, and on the sports uh, Pokemon side, we don't deal with that as much. So um, I really cater heavily on that side because it is so collector-based. Um, but I would say overall, probably around 50-50. Um, and it's really easy to pick them out, right? Like, you know who's 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 who. Um, but I try my best to cater. I, we got a lot of whatnotters that come in, and I understand what they're doing. And, you know, when we're both on the same page and I understand what's going on, we can always make a deal. You know what I mean? Um, so, but I would say about 50-50. That's interesting. You're one of the best guys in the hobby. I really, really enjoy talking to you. So I could see, yeah, if you just come to Chris and be like, look, Chris, this is what I'm trying to do, man. Help me out. What do you got for me? I think that's a really good approach. Um, as a local card shop owner, what advice would you give to the flippers that are trying to build their inventory? I would say uh, it kind of relates back to what I was saying earlier, start low um, and, and get a, a good variety of inventory. Um, I started with Bowman, okay? Um, I'm a baseball guy. I started with Bowman. And what I used to do is go to shows and I would buy out people of all the Bowman they didn't want. So I would find the rippers that were trying to hit, you know, the big time. They were trying to hit the Tom Brady from Bowman draft and all this. And they they kept their Wyatt Langfords and their 
Max Clarks, but they have all these other young guys who were drafted 50, 60, 70th over the pick, and they're just like, just take the box, you know. Um, I would buy out those boxes and then file them in my office, and whenever you heard news of a new prospect doing something, I'd go, oh, what set was he in? I would go flip through that set and sell all of his cards off. And if you do that, um, man, you can't lose. I really, these cards go from a dollar to 20 bucks sometimes, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And, you know, the other fun part about that is that these Bowman autos, you know, when they're nobodies, you know, they're one to five dollars. And so if you look at what it could become versus, you know, good and bad, it's a very low risk situation because a five dollar auto at worst becomes a one dollar auto. Right. I can always sell any auto of any player on any team for a dollar. Um, and so we're talking about losing four bucks. But the upside of a $5 Bowman Chrome Auto is literally like $200, $300 if they do something. So, you know, if we even step outside sports cards and you tell me that, okay, put down five bucks, worst case scenario, you lose four, best case scenario, you you win 300. I mean, who wouldn't take that deal? So I think if you hang out in that kind of area, um, it's it's just a no-loss situation to me. Phenomenal advice there for everybody out there trying to build their inventory. We get a lot of questions, Chris, about like, what do I do with all of the extra cards that I get um, that I don't want when I, you know, whether it's, we, we try to tell people that like ripping wax is not a sports card strategy. It's more of an entertainment or a gamble, as you said earlier. Do you have any advice for anybody with, fr from a LCS owner perspective, do you provide any way for, for those people that don't want that extra inventory to come to you and, and maybe take it off their hands? And if not, what other valuable resources would you say that LCSs can provide for, for our audience, mainly the flippers of the world? I'll buy anything. As long as the price is right, I'll buy anything. I don't care if it's a four or five row full of bulk base carts. I know what I could sell that box to to a few of my customers. So I know I can pay you X amount for it. Um, it doesn't matter what the cards are. If the price is right, I'll buy it. Um, so yeah, I say that we provide, you know, purchasing power if that's what you want. But, uh, you know, as an LCS, you're, I always tell my customers, you know, eBay is going to maximize your profits, um, but it's going to involve a lot of legwork too. LCSs are a cash out option. You know, we, we take those cards and give you cash for them on the spot. You know, no, no games, no anything like that. Um, but obviously, you're going to sacrifice a small percentage on doing so. Um, as for, like, if it's 80s and 90s cards, don't bring those to me. I don't want them. Um, I always advise to go to Facebook Marketplace, pull out a few of the stars, put it on the top, and just say, baseball lot, 500 bucks, and take whatever you can get. Um, the last thing I would say is probably I've really found ComC to be a very valuable source. Um, and I, I'm not sponsored, paid by anybody. I've never been in my whole uh, career in cards. I refuse to take money from anybody um, because I like to project what I really think. Um, but ComC, man, like, uh, when whenever we buy lots, you know, if there's a card that I'm looking in there and it's like a low-numbered card, maybe something numbered to 10, but it's a player that no one's ever asked me for, I send it to ComC. Um, and it's a really cool place, you know, to build an inventory and to liquid... Uh, liquidate some of these cards and uh, actually kind of build a portfolio because they have all these stats for you and all that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of my cards go to Com C as well. 
Yeah, real quick, I just want to ask you about that because I have an account with ComC and I think that's great advice for our audience. But just real quick, I've never really sent cards into ComC and I've never truly transacted there. But my understanding of the way that it works is something along the lines of you can, they will ingest your cards for you. Like you can send them cards and then essentially you can transact on the platform with other people. And and then is the best way to do that kind of to build up, you build up credits for lower dollar cards and then you can use those credits to maybe purchase no, I mean, something that's so more desirable or what? Essentially, it's just like, um, you know, I was trying to get like employees list cards on eBay and do all this kind of stuff. Um, but when I found ComC, it's you send them cards and you can choose from two different upload levels. One of them costs a dollar per card. Um, and then the other level is like 50 cents per card. But the dollar per card will take about a month to upload. The 50 cents could take three, four months. Um, and so to be completely transparent of how we do it is I tell all my guys about $9 is my threshold. If you think that card is $9 or more, I want to put it in a dollar level, get it up there in a month. If it's lower than that, do the 50 cent. Um, but I don't want any cards sent there that are under three, $4, right? Or $5, something like that. Um, but the beauty of it is they scan an image of the card. They state a condition, they list it, they compare it to all the other ones on that site. So it's like having an employee for a dollar per card, upload him, do all the legwork, and then all I have to do is log in and put a price on it. Um, and so I just find that so valuable as someone that doesn't really have the time to be listing tons of cards, um, you know, taking pictures of the thousands of cards, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just become a really valuable source for us, for sure. And then do most of the cards that you move off of that platform just literally get sold on that platform and then eventually you cash out? Yeah, exactly. So when you sell a card, it just transfers it to their account because ComC hosts all of these cards. Um, and then, you know, to cash out, that's where they make a lot of their money is you would pay a 10% cash out fee. Um, I do do that a lot now. I used to not. I do take it a lot now because these are cards that, you know, again, I I'm not moving them in my store. So we'll just take the cut. Um, but at the same time, what I used to do when I was kind of grinding a little bit more is, you know, you get all those credits built up, but if you buy a liquid card, it's a hundred percent, right? So I know when I was using it back in the day, I used to buy trout rookies all the time. So I would sell a bunch of my cards and then I would pay almost full market on a trout rookie. And then I would just go sell it for that same price. And then instead of taking a 10% hit, I'm just losing five bucks from the, the thing. Um, it does take a little more legwork, a little bit more work, but if you're, you know, counting pennies a little bit and you got to maximize your margins, that's the way you could do it. Sports card strategy, free advice from Chris from Nash Cards. That's super valuable. Our audience is going to love that. Chris, is there anything that the Sports Card Strategy Show audience can do to help you and Nash Cards? Give give us give us a shout about what what we can do. Give us a call to action here how we can help you. I don't know. Come see me. Come buy my, all my product. You know, I got two cases of diamond icons hitting the shelf, seven grand a pop. Come, come rip that. That'll help me out a little bit. <laughs> um, no. Um, and then check out our submission service. You know, that's another thing too. That's where I really take pride. I've, I've put so much blood, sweat and tears into that thing. Um, we have arguably one of the best websites to track your orders throughout the whole process. Um, we've been doing this for years. Uh, we we're pretty efficient at our submission service. Um, that's a good way to do it. And, you know, you did say something earlier, which I kind of want to comment on. This is a little unrelated, but I rip a lot, you know, um, and that's not just for fun too. Um, I think if you pair 
ripping with grading, um, it can become an advantageous thing. And it's not just the gambling and the fun. Like there are certain products where if you combine it with grading, you can't lose on the box. Um, and eventually the market catches up. I will tell you that. So you have to be a little savvy with it. You got to get these products on the drop. Um, but I'll give an example. This year has been the college stuff. Um, and Bowman, uh, Bowman Inception U or whatever it was called uh, with Wemby Autos in it and stuff, 150 a box. I probably ripped four cases of that and I'm going to make thousands of dollars on it. And I didn't hit anything that great, but those cards grayed out amazing. Um, I'm selling base cards for $50, $60 as a 10. Um, you just... If you find those products and you hit them at the right time, you can really make money on ripping wax. That so is an area that I've wanted to explore more because I don't want to be tunnel vision with our strategies, right? And I don't want to make blanket statements. So one blanket statement I've made over the last few years of our show is that ripping wax is not a sports card strategy. Well, I think you bring up a good point because we've looked at like Bowman draft. We've looked at even prism football this year. And, and we've, we've looked at the Bowman U Chrome um, releases as well. And we're starting to do a little bit more on the show with, should you rip this really? And, and try to like unpack, the strategy behind if you do rip this box, how can you piece together your money back even if you don't hit something yeah. big? So that's super cool that you've done that. And I'm, I'm glad that you Let's, brought that up. Let me throw out one more perfect example for you. It was 2019 Prism, right? Um, if you were in the basketball hype of 2019 Prism, there was a lot of people that was going out there, cleaning out the target shelves and then flipping those boxes. So, I mean, for example, you would get, I think blasters back then were 20 bucks, right? And the market on them was like 60 to $80. So, I mean, we're talking 300% plus return by buying these boxes and selling the boxes sealed. However, I would argue that you would have made more money if you knew what you were doing, ripping that product open, grading it, and then selling it. And that's what I did. I clear, you know, I bought as much as I could and I would open it up and you should see those margins we were making on Zion's and John Morant's and all that. And there is no way you could tell me selling those sealed boxes would have matched that. And then back then, times are a little different, but... Um, Back then, you could grade every Giannis, every LeBron, every one of those. And if you were doing that, I guarantee you would have made thousands more than uh, selling those boxes. So, I mean, there's it's never obvious because if it was, we would all do it. But if you kind of look, you know, between the lines and look look deep enough, there are definitely products out there where the advantage is, sell is opening them over selling them too. You know, you know what's interesting is one of the things you just said, um, made me think of when PSA sort of shut down, right? And then as they slowly brought back their service levels from like July 2021 all the way, like eventually into 2022, they lowered their prices down enough. And we've had the value bulk at $19 a card. And I'll let you throw out. I know you've probably got you probably got deals for our audience that that they can go through nashcards.com and maybe get better deals than that value bulk $19 a card if they were to do it themselves. But I've been doing the value bulk $19 a card. And I think the point is that uh, when PSA shut down, I think a lot of our minds went to, oh, you probably can't rip and grade anymore. And now it's, to your point, it's probably back and it has yeah, been back, back It's back. Lot. You know, these yeah. are popping in three, four weeks. Um, I gave you the example of Bowman. I also did Donruss Baseball earlier this year. Those, those, if you look online now, they're probably $200 boxes. Do I advise doing it now? Probably not. But when those rolled out, they were $100 boxes. Um, that's a huge difference. And I could tell you every Donruss baseball box I opened usually yielded around 20 to 25 cards that I would grade. 
Um, and that's just incredible. I mean, there were so many Griffies and Nolan Ryans in there. And then you have all these inserts like Marvels and and all these things that people are kind of chasing. Um, and those cards aren't worth a whole lot raw. You know, I'm taking $5 Griffies and I'm turning into $50 PSA 10s, you know. And if if you pick the right cards and you know what you're doing, I mean, you could, you're you going to get hundreds out of the box rather than, you know, the $100 I could have sold it for. Um, and so I ripped a lot of that product as well. Chris, man, I love talking to you. I know the audience is going to love this and uh, I'd love to have you back on the show. And I'm definitely going to come in to the shop because I only live about, I don't know, 20 minutes from you now. So I'm definitely going to okay. come into the shop and check you out, man. I'm going to make you rip something. I'm going to make you rip something if you do. Okay, let's do no, it, man. No let's... strategy singles. We coming in here. We're going to have some fun, right? Okay, let's let's set that up. No, no singles all no, rips no single yeah. strategy that's what I that's like. right no single strategy at nash cards <laughs> we're doing it baby i love it man i love it chris kelsey of nash cards the man one of the best in the hobby i got firsthand experience with them so check out nashcards.com follow nash cards on social media instagram and uh chris you're the man thanks so much for joining us on the sports card strategy show here on the nooffseason.com sports card network no problem, Paul. I appreciate you having me, man. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. I'm going to do some ripping at Nash cards. What should I rip? What should I rip in my no singles strategy at Nash cards? Drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. DM at Nash cards and let Chris know that you enjoyed the interview, guys, because he's getting a lot of love in the live chat. I really appreciate that. All of you giving... Chris and I on that interview, some live chat love. Uh, speaking of live chat love, we are going to get back into the live chat and finish up the show with your audience QA, your questions. I'm going to answer them. But first, this Friday on February 23rd, Sports Card Strategy Show is disrupting whatnot yet again with another whatnot stream featuring singles only with Lefty McKee, courtesy of our friends at Texas Roadshow Cards. Please go to whatnot.sportscardstrategy.com to save $15 on your first whatnot purchase if you don't already have a whatnot account. If you do have a whatnot account, just visit nooffseason.com slash whatnot to follow us and please join the stream Friday night, February 23rd. That's going to be at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks to Cody and Chase at Texas Roadshow for putting this together with Lefty and I. We are very excited about it. Why should you sign up for our one-on-one -on -one strategist package now? There's only one spot left for February. Email paul at nooffseason.com now to lock it up because you get me helping you with your buying and selling strategy for a full year. Email me for details. All right, let's get into your QA. I'm going to go rapid fire. Why? Because if you want more in-depth answers, you can get it at nooffseason.com slash ask. All right, Swamp Gator 42. I purchased a Wyatt Langford Bowman first auto from eBay, paid top price for raw because the centering looked great. I received the card a few weeks ago and moved to a one-touch, noticed a divot. Is it still mint? Probably not. But I would actually recommend sending it in in a PSA bulk sub anyway, just to see what grade it gets. Swamp Gator 42, let us know how you do on that one. Appreciate the question. Up next is Matt Lane. Curious on opinions for T. Higgins landing spots. Personally not minding any team except the Pats. Well, it looks like he could be franchised by the Bengals. If I were the Bengals, I would franchise him. So what that could do is 
probably not great for his sports card value, but potentially it is great for Joe Burrow. So this makes me want to double down on more Joe Burrow cards if T. Higgins does, in fact, get franchised. John Skeeter Robinson says, not saying anyone may ever approach the status of Caitlin Clark, but thoughts on Paige Buchers from UConn being the next big star in women's college basketball. She has Bowman first out from this year. John Skeeter, uh, thanks for the question. Love this. Paige Buchers recently announced that she will be returning to UConn next season and foregoing the 2024 WNBA draft. I actually think that this makes her a buy because I think that we've got, there could be some sell markers in the upcoming NCAA tournament, but I think right now is a nice little pocket to potentially go out and treat yourself to a large Paige Buchers card. There's a gold refractor out of 50 auto, uh, $800 or best offer right now. You could probably also get some of her uh, slightly off base serial numbered cards, uh, first Bowman cards that aren't autoed for cheap and grade them. Like there's an out of 299 Aqua. If you can get those for cheap, those are uh, a few dollars. There's a, a non-auto out of 199 that you could go get that's blue. But I see here out of 75 yellow auto, two days left, eight bids is at $102.50. Hoodies consigner on eBay. So there are some Paige Buchers deals you can go out there and get. And I would agree that she's not Caitlin Clark from a hobby perspective, but I would also say that uh, it now could be a potentially solid time to go in on those Bowman Chrome U firsts of Paige Buchers. Jabroni Card, shout out, says, graded 40 Connor Bedard number 15 stickers, got 33 10s, sold all for more than 3X. That's a win. That's what I like to see, Jabroni Cards. That's one of the plays I tossed out here on the Sports Card Strategy Show, and I had a big win from it as well. I'm glad you did as well. Shane Graham, one of our top live chatters and top Discord members, says, Paul, just bought 10 of the Caitlin Clark Bowman U now record-breaking cards that Tops dropped last week. Would you grade these? Worried I might not get them back until after the tournament. Shane, I like where your head's at, but I would say only buy cards with a selling marker in mind with a complete soup to nuts play in mind, my friend. So I would say that you probably bought these to grade them, right? And so if that is the case, I would grade them and I would I would bank on solid gem rates on these tops now does have solid gem rates and i think that's how you maximize the profit from these cards i think also um the real way to win on these types of cards is obviously to get a parallel so let us know if you get a parallel there's no way to actually guarantee that that's more the luck of the draw um, i'm not a huge fan of these tops now plays i've been on the record at nooffseason.com and the Sports Card Strategy Show as being very, very selective with my Tops Now plays. So I am not endorsing everybody go buy all of these different Caitlin Clark, Bowman U Now cards and everything like that because the market just gets flooded with them. And so you really end up needing a parallel in order to profit. Although you can make some money, you can make some slight profit from the grade play on these cards. So Shane, let us know how you do. Skeeter also says, why don't they force people to put a credit card payment method when bidding to prevent shilling and or non-payment? Frustrating to sell a card and not get paid because of shilling. Um, technically, Skeeter, they do actually, when you're selling a card, I haven't shown this yet. It wasn't in my top 10 eBay tips because they're still working out the kinks. It's kind of in beta, but when you're selling a card, you can actually toggle a switch that requires that people do this. 
Um, I don't know how it affects your seller performance. Um, and I don't know how well it actually works. And of course, they do have this for buy it now or best offers. I've been auto charged many times. Um, Perk says, what's up? First time here. Need some help finding collections that doesn't involve meeting up with someone in person. I like Facebook Marketplace for that. So good luck. Let us know how you do. Justin Stewart, question regarding PSA Vault. Have you ever had cards shipped to there? And is Golden worth it for sending PSA cards to list, mainly for uh, better for higher grade cards? Uh, yes, I have used PSA Vault, Collector's Vault. I do not like it. I do not like it because there are restrictions around actually getting your cards out. And what I want from PSA is I want my cards back in hand right away. Um, for regular cards less than, say, five figures, Justin, I would never consider using Golden for anything. I would only go eBay. Um, more on that at nooffseason.com slash ask if you guys want to follow up with me there. Great question. Luke Menchel, do you utilize the template feature in eBay? That really speeds up the listing process. We talked about that earlier. I like the template feature. I like the draft feature. I like the sell one like this feature. We also had a lot of comments on the sell one like this feature. And so thanks to Mo Mountain Lake Cards and Games for, the, for commenting on that. Uh, Luke Menchel also added value to that. Be sure to double check previous seller's terms. I like that. Um, Shane Graham says he always uses the sell similar feature as well. Um, Eric Bergerud asked about the eBay vault. Says it's amazing. No sales tax, no shipping costs. Great way to keep your cost basis down on expensive cards. So great value add there. Thanks, Eric. And we had another question about the eBay vault uh, regarding tax. And I uh, can't find who it came in from, but I know it came in from someone solid. And the question, I remember what the question was. The question was, um, do you save on sales tax? You do save on sales tax, but be sure to always make sure that you keep track of your capital gains and file that. I am not a, a, an accountant, a CPA, or a tax attorney, so I want to always make sure that we are above board with our tax advice on this show. Uh, Declare your income, people. The Chad underscore 23 says, do you keep a spreadsheet of all of your cards? Yes, I do. You can actually access my personal spreadsheet, my real spreadsheet in live time at Sports Card School, sportscardschool.com. Go to sportscardschool.com, get a free 30-day trial. You can see my spreadsheet in the advanced flipping lesson there. Perk says, can you create custom lists for your drafts too? Maybe sort them by month for when you want them to go live. I don't believe so, but what a great feature idea for eBay. Ralph Correo says, would you grade a $500 to $600 card even though you might put it in a price range where regular or hobby collectors moat, uh, won't pay that much? Yes, I would. I would. Those are actually super desirable cards. So let us know how you do. Ralph, uh, yeah, it was Luke who asked about tax from the vault. So we already answered that one. Thanks, Luke. Um, and Joe Reinch, Lillard consigner, was was following your guideline to sell on All Star hype, not wait for one performance based spike. Good good point there, Joe. Appreciate that. Jason Miyasaki said, Shane, I saw your comment about the Caitlin Clark uh, tops Bowman now card. Is that something to invest in? Uh, Jason, I would say no. I would say stay far away from that card at this point. There's there's nothing that is that is a money grab by Bowman. You tops now. Um, there's just so many of those cards. I There's no value there. Matt Lane says, question for eBay. Can they use cardboard connection checklists to make sure every player athlete name is on the list when going to get a card? That would be a good one. 
Matt Lane, good one for eBay. Appreciate that one. Luke Menchel says, I sold a, we talked about a Giannis hoops base PSA 10. He says he sold it last year during the playoffs for 400. He will go up again this year. I agree. I agree. I think that's a good call. Luke also asked, do you think the overall basketball market is trending down compared to last year? Um, do I think it's trending down? I don't have the data in front of me. I don't believe it is. I believe I looked at market movers earlier and it's about in the same spot. And I think the pattern recognition tells me that there are a lot of opportunities to buy basketball cards now and flip them in May. So if you want more on that, go to nooffseason.com. Josh D. Piazza in the house. Good to see you. He says, Jalen Brunson is a dog. Ceiling will keep on going up. Slept, slept on for sure. Playoff monster. There's a little bit of discussion about the Halliburton PSA 10 silver that from 2020 that Lefty talked about on a deep dive. Shane Graham said that Lefty made the comment that it would go over $600 at the All-Star break. Sadly, they're still selling for around $400. And uh, Josh, and I believe everyone agrees that that card could still be a $600 card come playoffs. I think that that could be the case. So hopefully Lefty's uh, will turn into a win. I think Lefty's winning 2024. Uh, Luke Munchell likes Giannis as a stable investment come playoff time. Luke has another question. When you diversify your collection inventory, how do you, Paul, break up the amount of funds you're going to set aside for long-term versus short-term holds? I assume by long-term you mean, you know, maybe more six to 12 months because I don't really hold anything for longer than around 12 months. I would say like the Shadur Sanders is the exception, right? And the Travis Hunter is the exception because in theory, I could be holding those for around 14 to 16 months, but I do think that I'm going to have a chance to offload a lot of those this upcoming fall during college football season. So when I diversify, I look for more like three to it's it's typically three to six month windows never never more than about 18 month windows hopefully that answers your question ssi in the house dropping knowledge in the live chat appreciate you mountain lake cards and games says do bowman chrome first non-autos have the same prospect effect and shane graham did a great job answering his questions there. So I appreciate Shane. I think the punchline is yes, Mountain Lake. However, I think you need to be careful to avoid just the base ones. I think you need to avoid, I think you need to fade base. I think you need to go slightly off base to get some value. That would be serial numbered Chrome cards, even refractors that you could grade that look like they're well-centered in good condition, front, front, back, left, right, top, bottom, all that good stuff. Um, but there's definitely value and the same, there is the same market effect. There's just marginal profits if it's a non-auto. So Shane Graham also asked about Nash cards, large submission, 10 card order, potentially taking longer. I don't have real life experience grading with Nash cards, so I don't know. But SSI in the chat said that they're just as fast as regularly sending them directly to PSA, which is interesting. Oh, my shoes in the house. Just wanted to shout you out real quick. Sports card professor says, I wonder if Nash cards do breaks where you rip and use his grading service. And then after grading to you, uh, storage selling platform, do they send it to ComC or PWCC? Interesting sports card professor. Uh, DM Nash cards and tell them that you liked his interview on the sports card strategy show and that you have that question for him and then come back and let us know what he said. Really appreciate you. Brian Steeler 714 says, do not buy Panini baseball, maybe a kaboom, but that's it. We love Steeler 714. Thanks so much to everyone who commented in the live chat. 
please everyone drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey and I will answer it if I missed you on this show. Everybody, thank you so much for all of your support. Love the nooffseason.com fam. I'll see you in about 48 hours with Connor Barnett for a Wednesday style deep dive edition of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Can't wait to see what Connor has cooking up for us. Everybody, thanks so much and have a great day. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Off Season Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffSeason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.